0: From WHCM FM 88.3 Palatine, Illinois, my name is Noah Festenstein, here talking the latest in Chicago sports and beyond. So let's get us started today with episode 213 on 0913, September thirteen to be exact, here on this beautiful Monday in the northwest suburbs. Thank you so much for joining me here on 88.3 FM, HarperRadio.com. Glad to be here talking some sports, as always, because we got some stuff to talk about in what should be about an hour show, roughly, if you may say. Gonna quickly uh, run through what I'm gonna talk about today, head, uh, get you back to a break, and then we've got some madness. So, let's get us started. So today I've got a pretty straightforward program as I'm going to get into what happened yesterday in the first Sunday of NFL action as the Chicago Bears last night on Sunday Night Football did lose to the Los Angeles Rams. However, I got some silver linings to talk about about that because every single NFC North team lost yesterday uh, pretty much basically resetting the the, the entire season in the NFC North to a 16 Game season. I'll get into the uh, details and what I mean by that in the first segment of the show. Also talk about the scores from all around the NFL for Week One, and then after that, I am going to get into some baseball We're going to talk about the playoff push talk about the insane wild card standings we got in the american league and some nationally close division action as well we got the white Sox. i believe their magic number is 10 or 11 they got uh off day today but then they have a game tomorrow against the angels so we got we'll get into that and what's to come for the end of the mlb season and then to end the show today, got only three segments today, going to talk some soccer, talk some MLS action, and most importantly, Premier League action, as well as my own, very own Manchester United, is up top in the standings with Cristiano Ronaldo and company leading the way, and it's very exciting for me to say, because I love that team, and what it, what is really um, awesome is, is that it is just... We got some really good Premier League action and some soccer, so it's really rare for me to be able to end the show on that kind of note. Next week we'll be talking some UFC and MMA, so we don't have to worry about that this week. But as of now, I'm gonna take you to a break. So thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Monday Mana Sports Talk. The one, oh not the one hundred. What am I saying? The two hundred and thirteenth edition of MMST. Be back in just a bit. So stay tuned. to the 213th episode of The Madness here on Mondays. Gotta love it. This is I Won't Let You Walk Away with Madison Beer, Lost Kings. So let's get it with some football action week one. How exciting is it? I can't even believe we're at football season already can't believe it but believe it because it's here and we had a good week one especially the thursday night game between the cowboys and buccaneers a back and forth battle um that featured a lot of tom brady and a lot of dak prescott and a lot of fantasy points for me on behalf of uh, amari cooper so thank you amari cooper for helping me have a chance this week against my uh good friend aaron shout out to you aaron Facing you this week in fantasy football. We have a really good uh, matchup this week. I actually am 19 points behind him, but I still got Lamar Jackson to play tonight. So uh, it'll be a very interesting game for me to watch in terms of fantasy numbers. But, uh, um, shout out to that, and shout out to Aaron Rodgers with three total fantasy points. <laughs> Music to my ears, huh? Uh, last time I was here on the airways, episode two twelve, we had our beloved Packers fan uh, James Jefferson on with me, uh, talking his thoughts on um, football and all the all that great stuff. And um, I texted him yesterday. I was like, "Hey, how you feeling?" He's like, "It's a terrible day." <laughs> and for every Packers fan, um, usually I'll say I'll feel bad, but I got to say, I do not feel bad. Um, but you will have to say, though, every single team in the NFC North lost yesterday, which does make it back to a 16-week season, 16-game season, because basically in the NFC North, unless we're not talking about wild card, in terms of winning the NFC North, who's going to best each other in, in 16 games? So we're back to a 16-game season for the NFC North. And that's why I don't think Bears fans should fret because there were some silver linings yes, uh, in yesterday's game. And when you compare that to silver linings that we tried to take out last year with Mitch Chibisky at the helm, um, and the the incoherence, you may say, of the play calling last year, is not it was much worse last year con- than compared to this year. And I feel like Dalton did a really good job yesterday throwing the ball in a fast pace, because he understands that the O-line might not be as developed, you know, and you got the uh, wideouts, you know, making the routes much faster for Dalton to make those throws, and then all all of a sudden, especially in the first drive in the red zone, you saw Matt Nagy throw out Justin Fields. Why not? Why not? And I said, he's not going to start, but he might make appearances to give him some experience before he has to make a start because i feel like experience is much more important and justin Fields said himself quote he said that that was a surreal experience yesterday and i'm glad that i have it because now he knows he could step on the field and an nf in an nfl setting and make some plays, and that's what he did yesterday in his uh, touchdown run. And that's why he was brought on the field on second down to run the ball into the end zone. That's exactly what he did, and that was exactly what we wanted to see, and that's great, and I love it. I love that Justin Fields can get involved like that because that's what Bears fans want to see, and I am I was surprised, though, and a lot of people weren't surprised, but I was that Nick Foles was not in the active roster yesterday, and... um. Another note to point is uh, it made me think that Justin Fields was going to play is that Sean McVay, head coach of the Los Angeles Rams, who I think is the one of the amongst the smartest head coaches in the league, said, quote, we are not just preparing for Andy Dalton. We're preparing for Justin Fields as well. And he prepared accordingly. And, of course, they won. Yes, as expected, the Rams won, which I'm really happy to see. It was great. Because at least it exposed some of the flaws that the Bears have, and the mo the biggest flaws, and I think it's still a flaw is the, is the play calling on behalf of Matt Nagy, number one, number two, the secondary. What in the actual football heck? was that secondary yesterday. I have no idea what went wrong. I think that they're just not as experienced. I think the absence of Kyle Fuller, who should have been re-signed this offseason, was a big factor in that. And this secondary needs to learn how to play with each other. They need to learn how to uh, accommodate the opposing routes. And they played a lot of zone coverage yesterday, and it didn't work out. There was two plus 50-yard pass touchdown plays. And then one, and there was one that was nearly uh, 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 a plus 60 yard. Actually, there's one of them, and then Cooper Cup was like a half a yard shy of a 60 yard touchdown pass. Um, but shout out to Matthew Stafford of the Los Angeles Rams. I know there's like a 60 for 60 thing on um, Stafford having. Um, like he went to Cabo San Lucas in Florida or something of that nature. I don't know. I don't know where my my vacation destination spots are. But they went somewhere and McVay and um, Stafford talked with each other and they were like, you know what, this could work out. And it looked like it really did work out in yesterday's game. Gotta hand it to them. This is their first competitive game together, and their first time in a sold out stadium at SoFi in Los Angeles. A beautiful stadium. Gotta. I mean. That's where that's what billion dollars is going to spend for you on a stadium. That's what you're going to get. And honestly, I was very happy with it. Did you see the halftime show? the The music was booming in there, and it was loud. So you got to love what they're doing in Los Angeles. Uh, so hats off to them. Um, I'm really happy that the Bears at least got gets get this kind of challenge in Week One, so that they can, like I said, expose their weaknesses, expose some of the silver linings in which what I thought was David Montgomery and his first run of the season was 40 yards. That was awesome. And then you saw Herbert with that 50-yard return right at the right off the gate. So like you know, Cordell Patterson not being uh, there anymore, you saw another like I don't know what the heck is is up with the Bears special teams and how, you know, they developed Devin Hester, Patterson and now Herbert into becoming full-fledged 30 plus uh, return runners. Like that's that's awesome, you know? So that is where this Bears team is right now. And I am honestly comfortable right now with this Bears team because you saw Andy Dalton, 2.3 second average release time. That was huge because how are you able to trust this O-line right now? That is a weakness. It is a is a very, very obvious weakness. And then... Like I said, the secondary of the defense. like It, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, so that's my Chicago Bears spiel of yesterday's ball game. Um, I'm surprised that Justin Fields didn't make a throw. He did a couple pitch plays when he was on the field, but I think that's right for the, the, the circumstance because, um, you know, you have to give him some experience on the field. You don't want to have him risk doing something wrong on a pass play and having that affect his mindset going into the next throw you know and um you know that's what happened to Andy Dalton on the first drive he threw he threw an interception in the end zone and I'm sure every single Bears fan was like of course and I could hear I was listening to it on the radio and I could hear all like the spirits of all Bears fans saying of course that happened and that's what I was saying to myself like of course like the first drive in Andy Dalton's career as a Bear and his one year as a Bear is an interception in the end zone. Like, after two amazing plays, with the Herbert um, 50-yard return, the David Montgomery 40-yard run, and then, boom, interception. But then before that interception, you saw Justin Fields. And I, when uh, Jeff Joniak on the radio said, Justin Fields is in on the field, and I'm like, no way, let's go. And uh, so that was awesome. So um, just happy to have football back. 'Cause this is something that I miss talking about and I'm more into it, especially fantasy football. I'm just anticipating a fun some fun football conversations this season for Monday, man, sports talk. Um, because I, I've only had like two segments on it in the off season, talking about the bears and their draft and how great of a draft it was. And then, you know, some of the off season moves from other, other teams and especially this whole ordeal with COVID and sexual allegation cases, especially with Deshaun Watson. He needs to be traded. If, if the Texans want some future, uh, um, weapons you know you're not I'm sorry Texans you have to trade him like you got no choice if you're not gonna play him right so the I'm surprised the Texans won yesterday so um they're first in their division so uh, hey I mean enjoy it while it lasts but um let's speaking of which let's just go over the scores from yesterday while we're at it as um loading up Firefox Firefox my least favorite search engine um let's do it NFL scores why don't you um, like I said, starting off on Thursday night wasn't probably the best game of the week. And what a way to start the season was uh, a massive, entertaining battle between Dak Prescott and Tom Brady. Um, and it was a, 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 just a fun game on Thursday. I was at work for half of it. So but I was able to watch the second half and in my entertainment saw a 31 to 29 win. Uh, On in basically the last second, when I saw there's one and a half minutes left for Tom Brady to go down the field just for a field goal attempt, I was like, Buccaneers won, like they won this game. You got Tom Brady, come on. Tom Brady doesn't look like he's aging, he looks good. Like, I mean, I mean to say that like uh, a a 40 plus year old quarterback went 379 yards, 32 for 50 in, in passing, four touchdowns regardless of the two interceptions he threw. That's a really good stat line right there. And then you saw Dak Prescott 42 catches with 403 yards and three touchdowns. So that's huge, huge fantasy numbers for those who have those two quarterbacks. Uh let's move into what happened yesterday afternoon. So to start us off, let's look at the Vikings game. Let's just start with the NFC North matchups um, because we saw some really fun ones. And um, it started with that Vikings matchup. I'm trying to scroll down to it um, if I can find it. It's not here. It's not here. Where is it? There it is. It went to overtime. So that was another great game. Um, you know, the Vikings were down at the second half. It was tied in the third quarter on um, well, a seven touchdown, uh, seven points each in the third quarter. And then the Vikings were able to get a 10-3 fourth quarter to force it to overtime. But the Bengals were able to pull that off. So if you're going to say any team was the closest to win in the NFC North yesterday, it was the Minnesota Vikings. So if you may say, Vikings have the advantage because they have the most points and um, just the better, better margin of defeat, at least, if you may say. Uh, Kirk Cousins went 351 yards, two touchdowns. Not bad. Not bad at all. Um, Justin Jefferson had a pass. He passed for 11 yards. That's funny. Um, Joe uh, Joe Burrow um, went 261 yards and two touchdowns. He's on my fantasy team as my backup. So uh, that's 18 fantasy points right there for those who uh, are wondering. Um, Let's look at the uh, Seahawks-Colts game. Russell Wilson, 254 yards, four touchdowns compared to the Carson Wentz. Going two touchdowns and 251 yards. That was a Seahawks 28 to 16 victory over the Indianapolis Colts. Uh, Eagles, Falcons. Eagles with a good win, 32 to six. And Jalen Hurts uh, definitely popped off uh, in that game, but a lot of running plays as well. He his passer rating was really good. He went 27 for 35 in catching in uh, catching catch and attempts with uh, three touchdowns. So good for. Um, the eagles there as they've been kind of fighting who's going to start at quarterback um the past three years um chargers with a 20 to 16 win over washington's Steelers. i was watching that game closely 23 to 16 that was a close game throughout but i'm glad that the sealers were able to pull that off at home and i figured out a very interesting fact this is very off topic and uh if you know me personally i'm a huge huge roller coaster guy um and i i can't just talk about the sealers without saying that that's the only football team or t- any sports team in the world, and I'm talking about in the world, that has a roller coaster named after them. Isn't that interesting? That's so cool. Uh, it's Steel Curtain at Kennywood um, Theme Park in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's based off of the Steel Curtain defense. Uh, it was like the three-headed monster of uh, of some sorts in the 80s that the Steelers had. And they it was built in 2019. Um, same guy who built Max Force at Six Flags Great America, Joe Draves. Shout out to you, Joe Draves. So total side tangent cuz I'm a huge roller coaster guy and like I said if I've ever going to do a podcast that's not sports it's going to be roller coasters. So all my roller coaster guys out there. Interesting fact, the only sports themed roller coaster in the world is named after the Pittsburgh Steelers. Crazy, right? Anyways, let's move on to some more scores. The 49ers actually beat the Lions 41 to 33 and the Lions actually um did put up the most points in the NFC North, but we all know that the Lions won't win. Um, Jared Goff, though, a good game. I think he had one of the more underrated games, even though his pass rating was a little bit down. He had 338 yards for three touchdowns. Um, a lot of good quarterback performances in Week 1, which is something that we all like to see time and time again. Um, let's look at the uh, Jets-Panthers game. The Panthers just edging the, the Jets 19-14. to 14. Um, You saw the... Arizona Cardinals beating the Titans 38-13. Browns, Chiefs, 33-29 in favor of the Chiefs. That's a good game right there. Um, Really good game. But uh, those are two good teams and and a couple great matchups. But uh, um, we'll have to see how that progresses as the the season goes on. Dolphins and Patriots. Dolphins getting a 17-16 win over the, the Patriots. Um, they were able to shut them down in the second half to only six points. So that's a great uh, sign for the Dolphins, even though the Patriots are a little bit iffy on offense. Broncos and Giants. Broncos winning 27-13. to And um, the last game I want to mention is the best game, of, at least in the eyes of Bears fans, is the uh, Saints-Packers game at home. The Saints absolutely mashing and I mean mashing the Packers, and probably the worst quarterback performance in the entire league in that game, which actually literally prompted Jordan Love to step on the field for for seven throws, and he went five for seven in that category, um, was the absolute terror show, horror show, if you may say, on behalf of Aaron Rodgers. Now, I have a theory I have a very juicy, hot theory that I, I wish I could just like leave you on break for. But I, this is a, a football segment, so I'm going to stay with it. But I have a really juicy theory on this performance by Aaron Rodgers yesterday. And we all know over the offseason that Aaron Rodgers had some beef. And I mean like juicy, dipped, double-dipped Italian beef. I'm super hungry right now, so excuse my food reference. Aaron Rodgers had some terrible beef with the front office over the offseason that prompted him to possibly leave the organization as reigning MVP. So we're talking a reigning MVP having the worst quarterback performance in week one. Now, before I say my theory, this is what Aaron Rodgers had to say at um, his post-game press conference. He was like, bad performances happen. We move on. I just had a bad game. Our team had a bad game, but it's okay. We'll move on. That's exactly what he said. And in my best Aaron Rodgers impersonation voice, I could. Um, And what makes me think of that is he's so lazy to say, at least to blame himself, at least. And I feel like he's trying to overshadow the fact that maybe he did that purposely. That's my theory. Do you think Aaron Rodgers did this purposely to make a statement? He's already proven enough as a quarterback, as an MVP quarterback for a team that has treated him not right, at least according to him, in terms of the front office. And um, I think Aaron Rodgers may, at least in some way, shape, or form, purposely didn't perform. I mean, am I wrong for thinking that? I mean, as a Chicago Bears fan, that's funny to think about, right? Like, Aaron Rodgers purposely throwing that game? It's just a theory. Right? But all things considered, it's possible. Like, think about it. Think about the absolute discourse between Aaron Rodgers and the front office that happened this offseason. Don't you think that, based on this performance, a terrible... It's probably one of the worst, if not the worst, performance of Aaron Rodgers' career. Maybe there was some... Um, Discourse between him and the, the play callers during the game that didn't go well because he only went 133 yards and threw two interceptions. That is not Aaron Rodgers' number. That's that's like uh That should have been Andy Dalton's number. But Andy Dalton even had a better game yesterday than Aaron Rodgers, and that says a lot. What were what were what were Andy Dalton's numbers? I just want to make sure I got it correct. Andy Dalton went 27 for 38. With one interception and 206 yards, that's a much better performance, still not a great performance, but a better performance. Justin Fields. 100% in his um, in his catching and attempt, but those are pitch those are pitch throws. They were not really actual throws. But still, no one did worse than Aaron Rodgers did yesterday for the Packers as they lose 38 to 3. Music to my ears. Thank you, Lord. That was the best thing that happened to the Bears yesterday is that Packers loss. But I hope my theory is wrong because I feel like that diminishes the quality of the sport if you're purposely throwing a game, right? That's why I hate the Astros. And I'll talk about that in a little bit with my baseball discussion is diminishing the the quality and the value and the integrity of the game. Because if you're throwing a game, that says a lot about you as a person. Not just an athlete, just a person in your personal decisions. And there's also other um, things about Aaron Rodgers that I think did play into his poor performance. I think that when athletes get caught up into the pop culture world too much, which is where I think Aaron Rodgers falls into that category, their, their, their playing quality diminishes a little bit because they got more stuff on their mind. Just like Trevor Bauer this year with his whole thing going on and that's a whole separate story but uh, and I've talked about it a lot in Monday Mass Sports Talk in the past couple weeks um, is that I think and t- correct me if I'm wrong but Aaron Rodgers Aaron Rodgers um, character and they should make a video on this on YouTube is it's not like any other character of any superstar in the league you know, I talk about guys like Max Scherzer. He's got a temperament. Guys like, like I said, Trevor Bauer. He's got a temperament. And he's, his characters just whack. Um, you know, those types of characters are different. And Aaron Rodgers is different. So where I'm going with this is I really do think that the the character behind Aaron Rodgers and what he does as a player on the field, it says a lot. And his performance, I think... Fit that theory so there's two theories here one he purposely threw it to make a statement to the front office two he's been too distracted by everything going on around him that it's been hard for him to perform maybe it's a combination of both maybe it's nothing of that but what is it because that is that was not Aaron Rodgers we saw yesterday and for that to happen and to constitute Jordan Love to come into the game because of that poor performance says a lot so if you have Aaron Rodgers on your fantasy team, I would be on standby right now in the trade block for the next couple of weeks because I know um, one of my buddies, shout-out to you, my friend Warner, um, <laughs> in my fantasy league, he said it on our group chat yesterday. He was like, I will trade Aaron Rodgers for actual dirt. And I told him, I was like, hey, I'll trade him for you for uh, a Big Mac or something. Um, but seriously, in all seriousness, like – Something was wrong yesterday. So I, I'm really interested to see how Aaron Rodgers performs in the next couple weeks and see if that theory stands. Because what if Aaron Rodgers pulls out an unbelievable game in the next couple weeks, right? Does that support the theory, like I said? Was he throwing this first game purposely? Did, does, did he not care about the first game to so the point where are like, yeah, I'm going to make a statement to the front office and say, hey, I really do not want to play for your team this year. And that's why I threw it. Not, and I'm still getting paid millions to do this. Which is crazy to me, because I ain't even getting—I—I—I—I I, I, I can't even fathom sucking for millions, sucking that much at a sport for millions of dollars. But I'm going to tell you what doesn't suck, and that is WHCM FM 88.3, and that is what you're listening to here on WHTM FM Radio, a broadcast station of Harper College and its Board of Trustees. This is Monday Mana Sports sock the 213th edition of such. Whew, this has been a fun football discussion. Also, some good college football happened. I think most notably this past weekend was Oregon beating Notre—not Notre Dame, what I'm saying—Ohio State. That is fun. Shout out to former co-host Cesar Sanchez, um, who's also a Packers fan. So if you're going to get one really good college football, your favorite college football team to win, you got to sacrifice your NFL team to lose. Um, and that's exactly what he said. Yeah. Um, He's also in my fantasy league, so a shout out to Caesar. And James Jefferson, who we talked to last episode in 212. He is uh, the defending champion in our fantasy league. He's being targeted wholeheartedly this week, which is really, really funny to me. Um, but I love you, James. And I love you too, Caesar. But I'm sorry that your team had to go through what they did last year, uh, Last yesterday, yesterday afternoon, if you may say. All right. um... So that's my discussion, NFL. Um, yeah, so college football, I think Oregon is literally top 10 right now. You got to be top 10 after their, their first two performances. Florida State losing to Jacksonville State in the final seconds, that was really cool to watch. Um, but I'm really enjoying college football, too. I don't know what it is with football in, in the past couple of years, because I remember when I first started Monday Mad Sports sock five years on the same beautiful airways here on Harper College Radio, is that... I never talked football much. I was not that intuitive with the football world, but now since I'm watching it, I'm kind of like thinking to myself, this is the most fun sport to watch in a social environment with your friends. You could all like, you know, have fun with your fantasy teams, have fun with, you know, socializing about the, the game. And if you're losing, at least you can experience the loss together. And if you're winning, you could celebrate together. It's just so much fun to watch. And I was talking to some foreign friends that are from England. I had a couple foreign friends from France as well as Russia that were talking to me, and they were like, "Hey, Noah, this is this is really fun. Like, I watched I literally watched football games this first week, and I was actually enjoying myself. That's what they were telling me, and I was like, you know what I mean? Like, this is America. This is American football. All right, this is the culture that we love. This is the game we love." And this is why we love it. And that's what I'm going to leave this segment off to. And this is why we love football. And this is why every single week I will be having a football segment here on Monday Man Sports Talk just to talk about the great culture that is American football in this beautiful country in the United States. Um, So, yeah, God bless all the first responders um, who serve this country, all of those who serve in the military, and whatever branch you are in, and our first responders with our police officers, firefighters, um, medics, everybody. God bless. Um, I want to take that moment to talk about that um, on the 20th anniversary of a day we should never forget. That was September 11th, 2001. Um, God bless everyone who um, pays tribute the right way and and, um, never ever, ever will ever not mention that on um, you might have had a sports stock program the week of, but uh, um, I thought that in the baseball world they paid really good homage to it, um, especially with the the crosstown series between the Yankees and um, Mets, which the Mets wore first responder hats. That was awesome to see. Um, some moment of silence we, we heard even in the NFL yesterday, there was a lot of moment of silence moments, um, for those of the lives lost. Um, so God bless. Uh, I'm going to leave it on that note as we go into the next segment, which will be, as I just burped a little bit, um, it will be... Uh, that of baseball. So we're going to get into some baseball talk, uh, talk some Cubs, talk some White Sox. White Sox are on the brink of clinching the division, and the Cubs are on the brink of nothing. So we'll get into that and the standings and the power rings coming up here on the 213th edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk. Be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Madness here on September 13th the 213th edition of Monday Mana Sports Talk here on 88.3 FM. Harper College Radio. Here we go with the next segment, and that is baseball. This is going to be all right. The Man remix on behalf of Tritonol and Mozilla. Kind of so let's get it. You are listening to the award-winning WHCM-FM 88.3 station broadcast station of Harper College and its beautiful board of trustees. (laughs) So let's get going with some baseball here um, and uh, talk about them Cubbies. Uh, uh, Right. Um, You know what? I'm going to say it right here, right now, and I'm going to make a very big hot take. And all you Cubs fans, hate me if you want to unless you already hate me, doesn't matter. Um, I got to say, the only person I want back is Chris Bryant. And then Anthony Rizzo will come back eventually and retire as a Cub. That's exactly what I want. I don't want Baez back. I don't. I was talking with this one person yesterday about it, and they were like, I'm not going to talk to you for a week. And I'm like, okay, you don't have to. That's understandable. But make sure you tune into the 213th episode to hear me why, to hear why I think this way. Baez is a liability on offense and not always consistent on defense as long as much as he looks flashy and great on defense, which he is. He makes amazing plays, even on the base paths. One of the best to do it in, in modern era baseball. And I, I'm going to admit it, but flashiness comes with a risk and the risk of committing errors in which Pius has has what 22 errors this season amongst like probably the, I think he's tied for first in that category, which is not what you want to be in first, in you know? So um, I don't know, Baez. I I like I like it when he plays with Lindor because that's a really good duo right there. I just don't think Baez found found the right chemistry guy. Maybe it was Addison Russell at one point. Maybe it was David Bodie or Nico Horner. Like that's fine, but to me personally, I believe that Baez is more happy with guys he wants to play with. And that makes me happy because I I still care about the guy. He brought us a World Series. But a lot of Cubs fans like to hold on to the past because they were so excited that after 108 years of so long, such heartbreaking, suffering, whatever you want to call it, we got a World Series because of these guys. And I understand that. But ever since that World Series win, The Cubs have been declining. And I've said this, their their core, even with that core, and even with better players on that core, the Cubs still went downhill. And that 11-game losing streak from this season, right after that awesome combined no-hitter that the Cubs threw, that 11-game losing streak proved that this core maybe just wasn't it for this type of team. And that's fine. Maybe it could be David Ross as manager. We don't know. That could be a huge factor in this Cubs downfall. And you can understand that. And I understand that. But I really want to make my point clear is being real. And that was the theme last week. And you have to be real when you talk about sports unless I really want. And I was talking about this with James. Some sports outlets say things that they think the fans want to hear, but that's not what they believe. And I'm going to tell you what I believe. I'm not going to tell you what you want to hear. Because you're listening to my show here. And I, don't, I hate to be blunt like this, but this is literally what I believe. I believe that this Cubs team is better off and more healthy when they really try to rebuild and not try to hold on to the past. The only thing part you want to hold on to the past to is guys who stay consistent, and those guys are like Chris Bryant, and in some facets, Anthony Rizzo. But you see that Anthony Rizzo, in a new environment, is still thriving because he's in a new environment, He's he's with different people, and he's got a new setting and a new goal in mind. And his goal right now with the Yankees is to make the playoffs, and that's why he's there. He's got no place on a Cubs team that doesn't have a chance to make the playoffs, especially after that 11-game losing streak where the Cubs found themselves 10 games behind in the division and 15 games behind in a wild-card spot. They had nowhere to go, and that's why they traded them all, just for future pieces. And maybe you didn't expect the return that they did based on all of those great players, but the reason why they didn't have that great of a return as you think they did is because all the players that were traded are rentals. They're going to become free agents regardless. So as they are becoming free agents, who should the Cubs resign? And I think that they should re-sign one of them because that's important to keep one of the core players in there, bolsters the, the chemistry. And I'm sure one of those guys will take a hometown discount. And I think those one of those guys has got to be Chris Bryant. And you saw, you saw that. And I'm glad the Cubs made an emotional tribute to Chris Bryant when he was at home this past weekend. Uh, on Friday specifically when they had that tribute video for Chris um, he was crying, he brought up the tears, and that's what we needed to see, well, I don't like to see a grown man cry like that, but you get the point, Is he got emotional. And for him to be emotional like that, you gotta think that he's gonna want to come back at some point in his career. Because you thought, as a rookie, he was gonna be a career Cub. But, when you're in a certain circumstance, like the Cubs are in this year, where his, his contracts is, is expiring, where every other core player's contract is expiring, you gotta make sacrifices. And that's what the Cubs did. And even that... With the Cubs that are right now playing for the team, like Frank Schwindel, Patrick Wisdom, David Bode, and all those guys, Ian Happ has been getting hot. These guys have been getting hot because they're in a position to prove themselves. And they're great players, but they're undermined because they're taking the place of the Cubs' core players that left. And that's why I don't like the narrative on these guys like Frank Schwindel, because he's a great baseball player. And I was giving him some heat the first week. I was like, Frankie... As like, If you're having guys hitting home runs like Frank Schwindel and you're losing ballgames, there's something wrong with your team. But the Cubs caught some fire in the past couple weeks. They've won like 15 of 20 or something of that nature. 14, I think, is the correct number. But I'm like happy where this Cubs team is at because at least they're still selling tickets and the tickets were cheaper. I got bleacher tickets last week for $6, so I'm not complaining. Um... So, it's like, you can only get $6. By the way, you can only get $6 bleacher tickets if you go on, like, a weekday. Because if you're on, like, a Friday, Saturday, or Sunday, they're probably, like, 25 or 30 So, keep that in mind. I also got White Sox tickets for tomorrow night for, like, 10 in the bleachers. So, I'm excited for that. And I'm excited to see Shohei Otani live. I really hope he's in the lineup tomorrow night. Because if he's not, I am not going to an MLB game ever again. Just kidding. I will. Because you know me. I love baseball. Um, but my final thoughts here on this Cubs discussion... Is I like Chris Bryant. And if the Cubs do re-sign bias, I'll 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 like I'll still like that move, but I'm not The reason why I'm saying this, to be truthful, is I'm not trying to set high expectations for these guys to return. I'm trying to set expectations for this Cubs team not to rebuild, but to restructure. And in a restructure is it different than a rebuild. You're not you still have your pieces, but you have to kind of put the puzzle pieces in a different spot. And the one analogy i would like to use in this situation is it's like a rubik's cube okay you know it's messed up a little bit but you want to put it in a specific pattern right a pattern for a success maybe the pattern is a checkerboard pattern or maybe it's solved or maybe it's got dots in the middle whatever I'm i'm a speed cuber so that's what i think about uh but you know i i do believe that the Cubs team is in a, in a restructuring mode right now rather than a rebuild. And that's why I'm not too high on resigning guys that literally only helped us in the past. That's why I don't want to hold on to the past. I want to, I want to regain for the future and have future guys that are consistent, like guys like Nick Madrigal, who can bat above 300 without having to swing for the fence every single darn time. And he's at the plate. You know, I that's what Baez does. That's, that's not the focus. You got to get on base. You got to base run. I'm, a, I'm an umpire for softball. And in softball, it's not about hitting home run. It's about base running and base running is 80% of the game. And when you can base run, when you can play small ball, great things happen and it's more fun to watch baseball when small ball happens because it's not just hitting bombs and bombs and bombs over and over again you're actually watching baseball in its finest most pure way possible and that's why i love the game that's why i love players like nick Madrigal is because he can get on base and nick Madrigal said himself he's so he's comfortable being in a, in a position to be on a team that wants him to do that and that's the cubs you know This White Sox team right now has a great mix, and this is going to help me transition to the White Sox discussion, is they got a great mixture of guys who can get on base, who can run, who can hit home runs, who can pitch, who can play the field the way that they need to play the field. That's why this White Sox team is so great. But I really do believe they do not get home field advantage against the Astros. They will be having a very hard series, and I believe it will go to five. It will be a close series, but the Astros will have the advantage if they get home field. And that is very, very important to recognize. Home field advantage in any sport for any playoff matchup is extremely important. Um, the White Sox are right now 82-61 and 61. The Astros are 83-59 and 59, So the Astros have more games to win Than the White Sox do So the Astros in this regard have the advantage But the White Sox are 12 games in front of the Indians I believe that's a 10 or 11 um, Magic number for, for the White Sox And the Indians right now They have a, a, a series coming up against the Twins Yankees and Royals um, So um, Against the Twins you got to be rooting for the Twins here Uh, even though the Twins are my second favorite team in the AL Central. um, And uh, I'm showing my love to my my Minnesota family out there. I love you guys. Uh, So you know what? If it's not Chicago, it's got to be Minnesota because I do love Minnesota. Um, So, yeah, so the White Sox do not have an advantage in that regard. Um, Astros, however, in the American League West, they have a tougher – tougher opposition they got the athletics six and a half and the Mariners six and a half behind um so with that being said those are the division numbers i'll get back to the wild card numbers in just a second because those are much more interesting uh braves in the NL is four and a half games in front five in front of the mets and the mets one of the games of the year is yet year yesterday i think The best performance as a Met, Francisco Lindor, going 3-4 for for three home runs, all home runs, meaningful because they won by one run against the wretched Yankees, and I really do not want the Yankees to win. That's why I'm a huge, huge Blue Jays fan and a huge Red Sox fan. The Red Sox have always been a favorite team of mine. Um, So uh, I got to love it. Got to love it. Um, So got to be very happy with that. Um, And then let's talk about those teams in the nl central brewers 14 games in front of the reds they're just about to clinch reds do have a chance for the wild card though i'll get to that in a second uh nl west you got the giants dodgers and padres padres now 18 and a half back two and a half back are the dodgers and the giants right now they hold the number one spot in the power rankings currently and i think that is rightfully so so that being said let's talk about the um Wild card stacks because this is they call it wild card because it's wild like literally wild. Um, and so looking at that specifically, um, talking about the American League, um, focusing on the American League because, um, this is the closest you got two teams at the same record almost same record, same winning percentage 80 and 63 are the Toronto Blue Jays, in which they have won nine out of their last 10 games and so they scored 44 runs in 24 hours against the orioles but that is the orioles so i mean i'll have to give them that uh boston is 81 and 64 they're uh one both one game in front of the new york yankees who are 79 and 64 but the yankees are 2 and 8 in their last 10 and like two weeks ago they were like on a 14-game winning streak, and uh, that's just the the ups and flows of baseball. You know, is you go on a winning streak and you go on a losing streak, and that's what led to the downfall of the Cubs. You know, you know those risks can't happen, and you can't have those stretches where the Yankees have had. They were in a position in the wild card. They were in a solid what two to three-game lead in the wild card. Now they're one game behind, and they also have more competition, which is going to make this wild card race even more interesting because you have the Athletics and the Seattle Mariners. Both tied at three games behind in the wild cards. Just more competition. Because why not? Why not make it more wild in the wild card race? So let's talk about the nationally wild card race. I think the the Dodgers and the uh, Giants, that's the most interesting division race along with the division race in the American League East, where Atlanta is in front. 76 and 56, they are. Uh, 76 and 66 to be exact. Um, you also got so Cincinnati is behind, is is tied with San Diego for the second wild card spot with the same winning percentage, but the San Diego Padres have one less loss. So I guess that's what constitutes them being um, above the line, instead of below the line. Um, St. Louis are one game behind with a seventy three and sixty nine record. Philadelphia seventy two and seventy one, two and a half behind, and the New York Mets are. Knocking on the door. I'm running for this Mets team. I'm gonna say I like this Mets team right now. If they had Jacob deGrom and Noah Syndergaard, they would have be they they would be winning the division, to be quite honest with you. But that's just like I said, the ebbs and flows of baseball with injuries and winning streaks and losing streaks. That's what happens. And I'm sorry to see that the Mets fans just have it rough sometimes. Um, and uh, I really hope that the Mets do kind of make a comeback in that regard. So. Uh, We'll uh, you know, leave it at that. Um, let's go over the MLB Power Rankings. Did I pull that up? They were they were posted every Monday, which is convenient for me because that makes me be able to kind of talk about it um, as they were posted three hours ago. So the Power Rankings, the headline today is Surging Blue Jays Make Wild Card Race Interesting. And I have already made that point clear. And that's awesome. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., 44, 45 home runs. One of the leaders, Shohei Otani. We'll see if he can catch up in that in that race. I think that's the most interesting thing going on with the Angels right now is Shohei Otani. That's why I'm going to the game tomorrow is to see Shohei Otani live. I hope that I can learn enough Japanese to say, Hey, Shohei, throw me a ball. Let's actually see if I can... Before I get to the power rankings, let's um, throw me a ball in Japanese. I'm going to totally botch this. I was just telling... Uh, my friends here in the WHM studios, uh, Mary Reiner and uh, a couple other people, uh, shout out to those fellas, those awesome people here at WHCM. I'm saying that I want to learn Japanese. I love Japanese culture. I love whatever they do. And if I were to live anywhere else in the world, it would definitely be Japan. Um, throw me a ball is Watashi ni Baru o Nogero. I'm going to have to practice that. Um, I have to get the... What is throw me? Ab- I'm trying to get like the, you know, like, uh, how it says how, like, the pronunciation of that. I don't know. I'll figure it out. I'm kind of stupid, so I won't figure it out. Um, so let's go over the power rankings here. Um, the biggest movers are the Blue Jays going up three and the Mariners going down three. Uh, Giants are atop. top. Uh, the Dodgers are second. Brewers are third. And, uh, they just recently threw a combined no-hitter, which is congratulations to them. I think it was Corbin Burns and Josh Hader with that combination. Um, I'm also a semi-Brewers fan. I like the Brewers. I like their organization. I love their stadium. Their stadium food is probably the best top three. If you haven't had their cheese curds at uh, American Family Field, highly recommend it. Um, that's why they should be top three in the power rankings. It's just because of their cheese curds. Um Rays are in 4th place, Astros in 5th, Blue Jays in 6th, White Sox are in 7th, um, Red Sox in 8th, Braves in ninth, and the Yankees in 10th. So that is the power rankings uh, for baseball, and um, that's all, oh man, my, my, my voice cracked, that's really all I gotta say, that's what I was trying to say until my voice cracked. Uh, so yeah, yep, 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 yep. Uh, That is that. Um, That's all I got to say for baseball, I guess. What else? Um, Looking forward to a good week. I think the White Sox have a game, three games against the Angels. Let's look just before I send you guys a break before uh, my last segment here today. Um, White Sox have a three game set against the Angels. And then a three-game set in Texas against the Rangers. And I'm guessing that um, while they're on the road against... Uh, they're on a huge road trip. They're going to be in Texas for three, uh, Detroit for two, and then for four games they're in in Cleveland. Actually, five games because they're making up a game. So five games in Cleveland. So you got to think that they're going to clinch the division in Cleveland because every time you win against your uh, magic number opponent, that's two and I think it's at 10 or 11 for the White Sox right now. Regardless, the White Sox have clinched the division. we got to think that at this point. Um, but then after that road trip, they come back home for the rest of the season against the Reds and the Tigers. So looking forward to that. But as far as I'm concerned, we got a fun game. We've got a fun series against the Angels coming up. Get to have my homecoming with Joe Madden. I'll uh, have a cup of tea with him, and uh, we'll go from there. But for now, we are going to go to a break here on... 213th edition of Monday Madness Sports Talk here on... Uh, this is uh, September 13th, 2021. And we'll see you in a bit with some soccer. Premier League standings, MLS standings, probably about 10 minutes on that and we'll on the show from there. See you in a bit. Stay tuned. Welcome back to The Madness here on September 13th, 2021, here on the award-winning college radio station of WHCM-FM 88.3, Palatine, Illinois, a broadcast station of Harper College and its Board of Trustees. This is Favorite Sound, the B-R-K-L-Y-N remix from Audien and Echo Smith. So, let's get into it with some soccer, or what you may call it as football. And what I like to call it as football, because it is a ball that you kick with your foot. Makes sense. Um, Alrighty, so let's talk about the MLS standings while we're uh, here in the United States. And then we're going to take a plane overseas, um, a virtual plane overseas. Uh, Remember, like... I, I, I. Let's take a flash from the past year. This is way off topic. You remember the time uh, I've always n- been like a nostalgic kind of guy thinking about like preschool moments. Remember like, I don't know if your school ever did this, like a virtual plane ride to like Hawaii. And then once you get off the virtual plane ride in your classroom, you go to like to the gymnasium and there's like a, like a sandbar set up, like some like Hawaiian theme stuff. And you're basically virtually in Hawaii and then you go back from the gymnasium. you're like, all right, we're done here. Go back on the plane. You're on the plane. You you eat some plane food in your classroom or whatever. And then you get off the plane and then you're back at school. Uh, I just remember that very vividly. And it was just a lot of fun. So shout out to anybody who does that, any school that does that. But we're now taking a little break here. We're going to take some, we're going to talk some MLS standings. And then we're going to take a plane ride, a virtual plane ride. Um... Preferably a Boeing 787. Uh, I don't even know if those exist. But uh, I'm not really good with plane stuff. Um, so if my friend Chris, who's probably listening right now, can correct me and text me to say if I'm right, please do. Because he is a pilot himself and good with planes. Okay, so um, let's talk about the MLS standings. And as you may know, I'm at every single Chicago Fire home game. So if you go to a Chicago Fire home game do so and say hi to me because I am probably there. because um, I love that stuff. Chicago Fire is awesome. Even though there might be 12th in the standings outside of a playoff position, they're what? Three there they're three games behind a playoff spot. I mean, Montreal's got 31 points, so yeah, that's about about four games right there. Um, and what? Four other teams contesting them in the standings. It's not looking good for the Fire in terms of playoff hopes, but with 23 matches played and what 15 left, you got to end the season on the right note, right? Um, So they're gonna be having some tough matchups coming up, and that's okay because it's testing their abilities and it's testing what they can accomplish. Because the the Fire have had some really good wins this season. They had a good matchup against New York City. Uh, they had a uh, a great win against Orlando City, who's in third place, a good matchup against um, Columbus Crew, and New York Red Bulls, they've beaten them twice. So, like, it's good to see that happen. It's good to see that this fire team actually can play well against good teams. And, uh, you know, a lot of the good teams can't play well against good teams, you know? So, like, the, the disparity there is, um, um, it's noticeable. And that's something that we can ha- uh, kind of have to talk about. Um, so the Eastern Conference standings goes as such. New England is in first with 55 points. They're just running away. I think New England will win this um, the entire league. They're 17-4-4. That's a really good record. Um, Na- uh, New England-Nashville is in second with 41. Orlando City FC is in uh, third with 38. 34 points is New York City. 32 is Philadelphia. 31 and is both DC United and Montreal. And then you got Atlanta United at thirty points right outside the playoff spot and enter Miami at twenty nine alongside with Columbus Crew at twenty seven which- Columbus Crew is the defending champions. Um they're looking to find their way back into a playoff spot, which is going to be a very interesting playoff push in the last 15 games because anything can happen from 3 to 7 in the Eastern Conference cuz you got Orlando SC with 38 points compared to the 7th place Montreal um with 31 points. So that's 2 games difference right there. Um in which any team can really attack and uh, inter Miami Columbus New York Red Bulls and maybe maybe Chicago just putting a little hope in there uh, Cincinnati and uh, is at 20 points in Toronto and dead last at 15 points looking at the Western Conference Seattle Sounders at t- 45 points sporting Kansas City at 43 points so a tight spot there for the top spot in the east in the Western Conference um, Colorado is uh 42 points, and again, from 4th place to 7th place, you got a tight one. 37 points is the LA Galaxy. Portland's got 33. Minnesota has got 31, and then 30 is Real Salt Lake. LAFC is at 30 points um, as well, so 29 points is Vancouver. San Jose is 27. 26 is FC Dallas. So from 4 to 11, The the possibilities are endless. So this is what's going to make the MLS playoff push really interesting. And if anyone underestimates the playoff pushes in the MLS, it's three points for a win, one point for a draw, and anything can happen from there on out. It's so interesting. That's why I love this league. It's it's soccer like a playoff push of any league like the NBA, NHL, MLB. Um, So... You know, It it makes stuff interesting, and that's why I love it. I love this, and I love being involved in the MLS and having the ability to watch it firsthand because it's intense. I know some people have a a narrative on soccer saying it's hard to watch a a 90-minute game of people going back and forth on the field, but it's intense when you talk about the formations and the strategy and the ball movement. It's insane when you have 11 players on, on a pitch moving at the same time Coherently, it's it's extremely. It's like it's poetic. That's why I, I think poetic is the perfect way to, to describe this. Um, so yeah, now let's get on this plane and go all the way across the Atlantic Ocean into England, one of my favorite countries. Um, England, 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 England. Probably the best football league. In the entire world, I'm talking Soccer League, to be exact. A few Americans like to just call it soccer. Um, So, Premier League standings go as such. Right up in front is Manchester United. Glory, glory, Man United, as I like to say. They are awesome, and they just took out Newcastle United this past weekend. Two goals from Cristiano Ronaldo. Uh, My pretty boy is back. Back and better than ever after 12 years of being gone in Real Madrid and Juventus. Manchester United, and this is my theory with Cristiano Ronaldo being back in Manchester United. This has fixed the team up. You know, I think the biggest flaw with Manchester United this past couple of years has been kind of chemistry. And, like, you know, Old Trafford is known for its, its, its energy and... And its historical presence, just like Wrigley Field, right? You know, if you bring fans into Wrigley Field and you bring the energy there, they're going to win ballgames. That's why they won the World Series in 2016. Same thing applies to Old Trafford with their rich history. Is um, and Cristiano Ronaldo and coming back? It's not just one player making an effect; it's affecting all the players around him because it's making everyone else better. It make it, it kind of. It also heightens out the competition. Because you also got guys in the depth chart who want to be on the starting lineup, who want to be subbed in in the 60th minute and make an impact. And Cristiano Ronaldo is pushing them to do that and pushing them in practice, kind of like how Michael Jordan did that. You know, Cristiano Ronaldo is the greatest of all time because of that. He is, and maybe Messi is the greatest of all time, is in in his own ways, as well as other players like Ronaldinho, who's great, who was probably the greatest of his of his era. You know, it, it it you know, the transparency is so rich, and that's why the transfer window in the past four months in in the soccer world has been the best transfer window of all time because you had two of the best of all time get cha- changed teams and within within a month, three weeks to be exact. It's crazy. Um, so yeah. Let's look at the Premier League standings. It's tight, obviously. There was only four games played so far. Manchester United with 10 points. Chelsea, 10 points. Liverpool with 10 points. Everton with 10 points. Manchester City with 9. Brighton with 9. We don't even have to talk about the standings. It's just irrelevant at this point of the season because you got the top four teams with the same amount of points, but the goal differential... Is the same actually in the top three because Liverpool, Chelsea, Manchester United have a goal differential of three, uh, but it's all about goals four when you tie break. So goals four with is, is in favor of Manchester United, hence why they are first in the Premier League. Um, but uh, if anyone's going to be in their way in the Premier League this season, it's got to be Chelsea. It's definitely got to be Manchester City, and even that of Liverpool. Um, so yeah, that is that for soccer in terms of that. But like I said. I think Cristiano Ronaldo joining Manchester United changed the entire dynamic in the Premier League, not just with Manchester United, because you're bringing a guy who is world-famously known as the best to to do it. Everyone knows now he's not Manchester United, and it's brought the attention back to Premier League where it needs to be. And that's why Messi going to PSG brought the attention to uh, Serie A in Italy, is having uh, France, whatever. I don't don't know my geography sometimes. Uh, But you get the point. It brings the attention where it needs to be when great players go to where they need to be um and that's awesome and i love to see it and um you know soccer is a a favorite of mine and it's been a favorite for a long time it just hasn't gotten the attention it deserves and that's why i think that i want to talk about on my show there's one game going on actually right now in the premier league and it is everton and burnley 85th minute 31 everton so hey that's fun um But, yeah, we got some Champions League action coming up, too. Uh, um, Champions League is starting, I think, on Wednesday, if I'm correct. Champions League. Let's look at it. while we have the time to do it, right? Um, Yep, tomorrow, 11.45 in the morning. I'll be watching it. Manchester United against the Young Boys. Um, And then you got... Yeah, it's going to be interesting because it all starts tomorrow. Uh, Manchester United is in... um, a group with Villarreal, Young Boys, and Atlanta. I love that group. That's a good group, I, especially Villarreal. I think it's a great matchup. Um, but yeah, uh, I think the best group is Group A and Group B um, because you got Club Bruges, Man City, PSG, and RB Leipzig. That's a really good group. Group B is Milan, Atletico Madrid, Porto, and Liverpool. Gotta love it. I also love saying the names of soccer teams. They're just fun. Look at Group C, Ajax, Besiktas. I don't know how to pronounce that, but whatever. Uh, Dortmund and Sporting. So uh, some good stuff right there. Really good stuff. Um, so yeah, that's soccer. And that should just about uh, be the sports here on episode 213. It's been about an hour for this show, like I said at the beginning. It wasn't going to be too long of a show because uh, I usually like to talk UFC MMA at the end, but I'm going to say that's next week because we didn't have a um, might as well make quick mention of it Why main mention of it because uh, we do got um, an event this upcoming weekend in the MMA world. Um, it is that of Derek Brunson. Oh, no, no, that was the last card, but I do actually want to make quick mention of that. Might as well talk UFC right now. My quick thoughts in UFC because we do got an event this upcoming weekend. Anthony Smith and Ryan Spannett, light heavyweight. Um, we got an awesome! Another awesome light heavyweight match at Comana is Ian Kutelaba and Devin Clark. Um, talk about um, this past fight night, which was a week from this past Saturday. Uh, it was the Edson Burr Boat. Nah, that was the week before that. What am I doing? Uh, Derek Brunson and Darren Till. What a night for um, England fighting. Uh, specifically in the lightweight division. The first fight of the card. That was my personal main event. Patty Bimblett against Luigi... Vendramini and Vendramini put Patty Bimlet in a lot of world of trouble um, in the first couple minutes, and then Patty just comes in wailing and beats Luigi. Uh, Patty Bimlet is my new favorite fighter in the lightweight division. This dude has got some. I don't even know what he's saying half the time because his, his his accent is so rich. Um, uh, but, like, this dude's funny. He's, I mean, he might have some. Uh, his background check might not come back too clean, but hey, this is fighting. This is not not all sunshine and rainbows here. So, uh, um, but next week we got a lot of UFC to talk about because UFC 266 on September 25th is stacked, stacked. And if I didn't say stacked, stacked enough because it's S T A C K E D, stacked with all capital letters. Um, I'll be talking about that card next week and previewing it. Um, so we got a really good show next week. It's a podcast next week, so pay attention to that. Um, it's not going to be here on 88.3 if I'm we're still going to go with the um every other week format because I get to record from my basement with my podcasting microphone and then um be able to record um from here as well. So we get the best both world of podcasting and radio shows. Um, however. I am also working with other podcasts, helping other podcasts produce. Um, if you are interested in doing a radio show here at Monday, um, not Monday, mass, at uh, Harper College Radio, if you're interested, uh, don't hesitate. There's some application at the front. You can also go on the Harper College website or Harper College Radio website at harperradio.com for more information on that. Um, it's a great group of people here um, at WHCM. Uh, can never go wrong with it. Awesome community awesome station and awesome opportunities for you to um, kind of explore some of your interests and see if you are interested in the broadcasting world because that's this is the place where I figured out what I wanted my future to be um, so all due respect uh, gotta love this place um, and yeah it's just uh I don't want to get too emotional but it is I love it I love it so much uh alrighty but uh, as of today, I should about do it. Here on the 213th edition of Monday Man at Sports Talk. Thank you so much for tuning in. Next week, like I said, it will be on podcasts. Nothing live, just a podcast. But I will be talking a lot of UFC next week, a lot of football, and a lot of baseball. See you then. Folks, this is Jake from Jake Joyce's wide world of sun comes in threes. Well, now my.